Sometimes I wonder if I'm being surveilled by the government. I know in the end there's nothing I can do about it, so I don't think about it very often. But sometimes I find myself rewording an email or using code words on the phone. I don't really know if someone is watching me, but for sure the NSA is recording my data history and phone calls. They record everybody's data history and phone calls at a place called the Utah Data Center, just 20 miles south of my house in Salt Lake City. I can see it from my front porch, a cluster of Costco-sized warehouses notched into the side of an arid foothill. They store the data on servers deep in the ground, and it's legal, they say, because they only look out or listen to your stuff if they have probable cause that you might be a threat in our war on terrorism. A few weeks ago, my friend Alex and I tried to visit the data center just to see how close we could get. Okay, we're going to try to turn up into the main area, turn off the highway, and probably we'll be stopped pretty quick. You think? I think so. It sits up on a hill above a busy highway, but it's off limits, top secret. We're not a threat, but... Um, Remember, you're in the company of a transethnic. Alex was worried because he's an immigrant. Right, you are suspicious transethnic. Just don't tell him. Don't tell this policeman who you are. All right. Can we go up here? Just want to look. Can we go up there? I can't come up here. This is off limits? This is off limits. It's a private property. I thought it was federal property. Oh, it's federal property. But it's only for those that work up here. Okay. There's no uh, sightseeing. Okay, we'll turn around then. All right. You're a highway patrol? Uh -huh. Yes. All right, thanks. I didn't expect them to let us in the front gate. I had another plan. I'd studied the area on Google Earth and had seen a road just south of the data center that goes up the hill and comes out above the complex. So I thought maybe we could drive up there and look down on it. The road began going up the hill by passing through a new suburban housing development. Immaculate lawns, spotless sidewalks, playgrounds and soccer fields for the kids. A Mormon church on every other block, it seemed. It seemed like a set in a movie where in the beginning everything's beautiful and idyllic, but then the zombies attack or the neighbors turn out to be aliens or everybody in the neighborhood works at the new data center and is spying on everybody else. We drove up and up and parked where the road dead-ended above the houses. I was pretty sure if we got out and walked a little farther over the rise in front of us, we'd be looking down on the data center. But first, I used my phone to call up an article about the data center written by James Bamford in 2012. Okay. So this is from stuff, yeah. the Wired Magazine article. It says, the purpose of the data center is to intercept, decipher, analyze, and store vast swaths of the world's communications as they zap down from satellites and zip through the underground and undersea cables of international, foreign, and domestic networks, flowing through its servers and routers and stored in near-bottomless databases will be all forms of communication. Mm -hmm 
including the complete contents of private emails, cell phone calls, and Google searches, as well as all sorts of personal data, data trails, like parking receipts, travel itineraries, bookstore purchases, and other digital pocket litter, all forms of communication. You know, this is not new. It's not new? No. What do you mean? Well, once upon a time, there was a place called Delphi, and there was a temple there. There was a temple there where people... There was a, a Pythoness, an oracle, who had all knowledge about everything. Everything. If you wanted to go to war, they could tell you the best time to go to war. Who is your enemy? They could tell you who your enemy is. It was all seeing. It was all knowing. And only a select group of the nobles and the kings could go in and elicit information. Otherwise, it was closed to the general public and kept secret. Oracle. Oracle. All-knowing of everything. Right? And so, and that was the thing. You can never question it because it was a secret. Especially the one at Delphi, sacred to Apollo. And there was a Pythoness. And this Pythoness, right, would go into a trance. Why do you call them Pythoness? Because it was connected with the underworld and it was connected with the snake cult. The snake has always been a symbol of wisdom. That's why even in the, New, in the Old Testament, right? It was the serpent that wises up Adam and Eve, you know? The wisdom of the earth, the wisdom, the cathathonic, I think, uh, the wisdom of the powers of the earth. That's why it's the Pythoness. All wise, all knowing. And so this thing has been around for quite a long time. The idea of... The, not the idea, the practice. Not, these are not just about ideas. This is the practice of controlling information and controlling vast amounts of population. Controlling a nation. And at the heart of it is that it is a secret. And you have to trust the Pythonists. You have to trust the government. You have to trust the guys that run this thing. You know, that, that they're doing the right thing for the right reason for the right purpose all right so who's the oracle today the cia who's got the information you said the data center there who is the oracle today where are they where are they? who's the oracle the person that really knows right who what we don't even know that but those guys oh shit black helicopters yeah, see? They, yeah, they, they breathe paranoia. They probably be scooping us out here. And they see your, your, your microphone. microphone sticking out the, the door and says, Oh boy, we got some live ones here. Let's circle them. Three, those are three black helicopters. They're the man. Above the data center. <laughs> <laughs> They're the what? They're the man. <laughs> but there's something, I get, you know, and my intuitions tell me, I want to know what's going on in there. And I'm not going to find out. No, we're not going to find out. No. We can't even really look at it, I don't think. I mean, because down below, we could just see the top of the buildings. From right here, where we're parked, we could walk over mm -hmm. maybe a couple hundred yards and look down yeah. on it. But I got a feeling if we got out of our car 
out of my car. See, they already got and walked you over there. See, paranoia is the first level of fear. You know, that's when you when you begin to kind of futurize a situation that doesn't exist. If you if we were to get out of this car, I would say if we get out of this car, nothing is going to happen. Well, see, we try it. We walk over there. Let's go walk over there. going through my mind right now what what if he's right what if you're right and then we get arrested and then i lose my job and then see i got i'm going off right you know and and then and then and then and then and then this and then that there are no signs saying private property or anything we're just walking along a trail through a, a field of sagebrush and grass so this is a trail there's a motorcycle track on the trail. Somebody's been here. Oh, there it is. I don't believe that. I know there should be a pipe coming in. Or uh, well, there should be. It should be more important looking. <laughs> it should be more like a glow over the place, or right. you know, I, a glow. I cannot imagine. Or an orb. That that is true. Is it really true that right here in front of my eyes, in this in this building here? All the information passes through. Of the world. Of the world. I, I got to laugh at that. <laughs> Am I an idiot? Am I too naive? Am I too ignorant? That you can't comprehend that all the exactly. communication goes through that exactly. one. See, what I intuit is contradictions. Okay. In what way? See, there's contradictions all around me. There's contradictions about that place and what it is. You know, and what they, what I've been told is going on in there. You know, and then there's the contradiction of the neighborhood that we had to go through to get to here. Very middle class, sort of idealistic. Everybody just doing their thing and pretty content. You know, and uh, and there's a calmness that kind of belies all this other stuff that's going on. Well, nothing to worry about. Yeah. If someone's watching me or us, maybe it's a good person, happy person. <laughs> Got a nice family, good kids, riding around on their bikes. Oh, everybody wearing a helmet. Come over for dinner. Everything's fine. <laughs> what have I got to hide? Nobody's got anything to hide. If it were a movie, driving back down through the neighborhood on our way home, something would happen that would prevent us from leaving. We'd be trapped, maybe held prisoner, and who knows if we could escape. But as it was, we proceeded down the hill without incident and got back on the freeway with our location apps turned on so that our vector of travel, our direction and velocity would be plotted on a server deep underground and held there until the end of time.
information of no use to anyone, except perhaps the people watching over us at the data center would know we both arrived home safely. You've been listening to The Oracle on Home of the Brave. I'm Scott Carrier, and I'd like to thank Alex Caldiero for telling it like it is. Alex is a beat poet and Dada professor at Utah Valley University, where he often gets into trouble for telling it like it is. There's a movie, a documentary about Alex. It's called The Sinosopher, and there's a link to it on our website, homebrave.com. Also on the website, homebrave.com, there's a new donate by text number you can use to donate by text if you'd like. At the end of last episode, I said I was going to come up with a way to raise some money, but instead, I took a break. Even thought about hanging up the microphone for a while. But then I got some invitations for speaking engagements. One in Oslo, Norway. One in Los Angeles. Maybe another in New York. People who wanted me to talk about how to bridge the cultural divide. I think a way to start is by listening. Because listening dissolves fear. And fear is the problem. That and the military-industrial security state that keeps us living in fear. Anyway... This is what I'm going to write about and do stories about in the near future. I took a break, and I needed a break, but I'm back to work now. Thank you very much for your support. I hope to earn it. 